Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Reactive Redefined, our three-month intensive coaching program, will reopen for enrollment on Friday, April 1st. You will have until Sunday, April 10th to join. Check out the show notes for more details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have one of my lovely Reactive Redefined students with me today, and we're going to talk all about her experience inside of Reactive Redefined and her adorable dog, Penelope. Okay, so Lucia, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Tell everybody your name, where you're located, and then we'll talk more about her. Sounds good. So my name is Lucia. I live in Vancouver, Canada. We recently moved, so we moved shortly before the course um, to a different city, but we're in Vancouver right now. Amazing. Okay. So let's talk about your girl. And I think we can talk about Cashew too, just because they they came at the same time, right? Like tell us the the rescue story first. Okay. (laughs) So like many people. Okay. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm going to interject. So I need to remember that everyone doesn't know who Penelope is. So can you describe her a little bit? Like what she looks like, her breeds? Yes. So Penelope, we think she is a Chihuahua mix. We were told she's Pure Chihuahua, we're not sure, but um, she's a 12 pound, a year and a half uh, old Chihuahua, and she is cream colored. Um, She has kind of like a pinkish nose, and she is always alert. She has these big Chihuahua ears that are always moving around, trying to catch and capture any noise that she might think is shady. (laughs) She's so cute. So for those of you who follow me on Instagram, I did post a picture of her recently. So you may remember her sweet little face, but yeah, she's, (laughs) she's a fierce little chihuahua, isn't she? (laughs) Oh yeah. She's yeah. She definitely has a lot of sass and personality and attitude in a tiny little body. (laughs) Okay. So let's go. Okay. Rescue story. Tell us, how did she come into your life? Okay, so um, my partner and I had been planning on adopting dogs when I started grad school. So this, we've been together for a long time. And so we were like, when I start grad school, we'll adopt dogs because we didn't, we weren't sure if we were going to have to move for that or whatever. So I got into grad school, we moved and immediately I was like, I'm going to start applying for dogs. But where we live in um, British Columbia and Canada, it's very different from the US and the US, it seems like it's pretty easy to adopt dogs here. It's incredibly competitive especially with COVID. So I actually um, applied for dogs for like two months straight as if it was my full-time job. I'm not even joking. I would submit like four applications per day. Like I was consistently applying. Um, So I then this rescue called Positive Animal Rescue, they posted about these dogs that came in and um, I saw Penelope and Cashew and I can't even remember which one I wanted to apply for, but we, I submitted an application for one of them and I was super annoying. I called the lady, I messaged her on Facebook. I emailed her, you know how persistent I can be, Rachel. Yes, I do. (laughs) And um, yeah. And so she said that 
um and i didn't hear back actually and then she posted again saying she wanted people someone to adopt cash and Penelope together because they were best friends and so i messaged her right away and i was like i'm interested in adopting them and she was like cool you pick them up tomorrow (laughs) my partner and i were like wait what um because it was a six hour drive away from where we lived and uh so I was like no like we kind of negotiated so we went to pick them up two days later so I distinctly remember Chris my partner and I walking to a restaurant we were gonna have food and I got this message saying like when can you pick them up and we were like oh my gosh okay so our lives are changing tomorrow (laughs) and so we yeah so we adopted both of them and we lived with a roommate at the time and asked him if he was cool with adopting two instead of one because it was his place and he said yes. And so we drove to pick them up. We picked them up. And then I guess this is where it fits into Penny's reactivity. We picked them up and then we were driving back. And I remember us stopping halfway um, to get gas. And I jumped out and I was just going to take them for a quick pee break while my partner filled up the gas tank. And I remember, I don't remember what she did, but I remember there was people across the street. And I remember her kind of she reacted in some way I can't remember what she did but she reacted in some way and I was like oh huh okay that's interesting they didn't mention anything like that but sure um (laughs) and um, what did they tell you about them I mean when it's that competitive and they tell you you can have dogs I'm sure it's just kind of like well we're we're gonna go for it yeah did they tell you anything about them like personality wise you know in retrospect um I think there were like hints But I think, so they came from Mexico, both of them, and they got here and the rescue had them for 10 days before we actually picked them up. So they actually posted about them online, um, like three days after they arrived or something. So like, I don't think they knew much about them anyway, you know, Um, they were just trying to get them homes. And I think so many rescues have the best intentions, but they're just overworked um, and just kind of over capacity. So I don't think they actually knew, but I remember her saying that, Penny was kind of skeptical of people that came over at first and then she kind of moved on but she was in a house with someone that was fostering 17 dogs including these two and it seems like they had a really big home with a really big yard and most of the dogs were small but still like how how would someone know that Penny's reactive and stuff like she probably was super shut down And then like, how can you know one individual dog when there are that many dogs going on? And like, I I do want to echo that like rescue groups are doing their best, but like mm -hmm. as an adopter, you didn't really get to be like, tell us more about her behavior. They're like, they came from Mexico. We've been here for 10 days. Like we're trying to get them adopted out. It's not a, like they know the dog super well and they can give you like vital behavior. Exactly. And I think now I know I, I have a bit more insight. I have some friends that are looking to adopt a dog now. And so I'm kind of, so kind of supporting them a little bit with that and just telling them to ask certain questions. And when people mention certain things like, you know, Penny being a bit nervous when someone comes into the house, I could have asked more questions about that. And I didn't because I, I was just so excited, right? I was just like, oh my gosh, like we're going to bring them home. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the best. And then same with Cashew. He has isolation distress. He can't be home alone ever yet. Um, And I remember her saying that they wanted someone that was uh, for him that was going to be working from home. And so, you know, there's little things in the postings, but I just, I just didn't know. Um, And they said Penny was feisty. So they did, they didn't say she was feisty, but they said 
like don't let her her name was lady so they're like don't let her name fool you because she has tons of energy (laughs) so like Uh, to the best of their ability they were trying to convey but I'm sure like to a certain extent they didn't even know like oh yeah I'm sure she was so shut down too so I'm sure she just wasn't even displaying those behaviors I'm sure that she was just kind of like assessing and not feeling safe enough to be her full self or something I don't know Right. No. And I think that that's exactly right. Like, I think when we're looking at like, she flew on a plane, which I'm sure was very traumatic. And two days before that, she was um, spayed as well. So two days before she flew, she was spayed. Then she flew on a plane from Mexico to Canada. There was probably stops along the way. And then, yeah, got here. And then with 17 other dogs, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Of course she was shut down, right? Mm-hmm. Like she is a very sensitive dog. Obviously we'll, we'll get to that part, but like, I think rescue groups mean well, but like mm-hmm. we have to acknowledge like that is an extremely traumatic experience, especially for like a fragile dog like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was a street dog too. So that's important to mention. She was found like scavenging for food, super thin, and yeah, it seems like she's had like broken ribs and things. So she, she's, she went through a lot and she was only 10 months when we adopted her. So like in her short, tiny life, <laughs> she went through so many things. So it's not surprising that she, I'm a social work student. And so like, I think a lot about trauma and trauma informed practice. And with her, I think about that a lot and <laughs> everything she's been through. Like you, you bring the perfect empathy that she needs, right? Like <laughs> understanding what you do in your work. Okay. So you, you get them home and then I'm sure, did it take some time to kind of like see her, her real self? Some bits, but within, I'll tell you this much, Rachel, we brought them home on a Tuesday by Saturday. I was already calling a trainer because I was like, I can't do this by myself I don't know how I'm going to manage I was doing my practicum full-time at the time and taking some classes um and Penny just couldn't settle and it makes sense um it makes sense because she had like we lived in an apartment at the time she had never it was just such a different environment for her and I've learned along this journey like how jarring that must have been for her going from being a street dog to living in an little apartment in a busy area with like tons of dogs and tons of people and like it must have been so terrifying but she wouldn't settle she would bark at everything inside outside everywhere and you're super noise sensitive and I yeah I just remember thinking like I'm either gonna have to quit school or I don't know what because I need some support well, and it was nonstop. It's not like mm-hmm. it was just like she was barking sometimes. Like it was happening so frequently. Well, and then we add sweet cashew into the mix. And yeah. <laughs> that, like you can't leave him alone. Like, oh my God, sister, mad respect for you stepping yeah. up for like both of these dogs. And like, I mean, they both have very challenging behaviors going on, but it's such like the giant end of spectrum, right? Where you Mm -hmm. had to become basically a reactivity expert and a separation anxiety expert overnight. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny to think about just 
yeah, they changed our lives completely so fast. Um, and I think I was also really lucky because my um, my sister is a veterinary assistant and she works at a bit, big vet hospital here in Vancouver. And so she told me um, to make sure that I hire an R plus trainer. And she was like, make sure. And then uh, I, and my partner and I are vegan. So it really goes along with our philosophy. But had she not told us that we wouldn't have even known. And then in addition to that, we lived with a roommate um, that uses a wheelchair. So they had uh, people that came to support them throughout the day. And one of the people that worked with our roommate used to be an R plus trainer. And so she had brought like books for me that now I see that people post about on Instagram and a bunch of like R plus things and videos and whatever. And so I actually was kind of already a little bit prepared in a way. I didn't realize it in the moment, but it put me on this journey. And so the person that worked with my roommate recommended our first trainer who was, who is really wonderful. And she changed so much for us in that beginning time where we thought we were going to go bananas, (laughs) especially with the reactivity. Oh my goodness. Going up the elevator, down the elevator, the elevator smelled like like dogs. The minute Penelope would set foot in the elevator, she'd go bananas and start barking. (laughs) Uh, You couldn't escape it, right? Like you couldn't escape it. Oh my God. Okay. So did that trainer support you in person? Yeah. So we met outside. It was COVID, of course. So we did some online sessions and we met outside um, and we went for some walks. And so she taught us uh, well first of all she gave us our clickers she brought clickers and explained to us how to use clickers and then you know talked to us about like high value treats and all of these things which are are tricky too for us because the dogs are also vegan which I know is controversial but um, they do well on it and it's it's worked for us so far Um, so that was also hard that I we really had to look do our research and figure out what treats are high value for vegan dogs and that sort of thing. Cause we don't do meat or cheese. Um, right. So anyway, so yeah, so she taught us kind of how to navigate like that, that first phase of the journey that was crucial. She taught us how to do mat work and a bunch of stuff that um, yeah, honestly, I remember from the first time we saw her to the next time our walks got, had gotten so much better because at first we just, we were so clueless, Rachel. We'd just be like out walking them. And then Penelope would start barking and then Cashew would start barking because he had a more frustration-based reactivity, I think, at first. Because right. he had never had a leash before on him. Right. You know? So oh he God. was like complete he was six months old. He was completely brand new puppy. Um and so then like for him, like he's not reactive at all anymore. But um, uh, it wasn't reactivity really. I think it was just frustration. Um But with Penelope, yeah, she helped us a ton with kind of how to navigate. And then we realized like, okay, we can't just, we used to just walk and they'd just be going nuts as dogs walked by and we'd just kind of like be awkwardly just standing there. (laughs) Right? Like, what are you supposed to do in this situation? Oh my God. That's so beautiful, right? That you were able to get like those like foundational skills, right? So you Mm -hmm. at least were like showing up at like, okay, we've got all of these things. Cool. What do we do next? Right. Because Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that's such a barrier. Like when you just don't know that, like the for real is like, you need to have a treat pouch. You need to have treats on you. Right. Like you need to be doing more. Like, I I just don't think that people understand how essential it is until like you start doing it and you're like, oh my God. Okay. 
okay, this is how all of this works. Yeah, it's it's a whole system. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my God. Okay. So um, so you and your your old living space, it was very challenging. But since you've moved, you were able to alleviate a lot of like those stressors of her reactivity, right? Yes. That's been without um without running into triggers every single time. Like with our old place, I never be multiple dogs right up in her space and there were tons of like hidden spots but here we know where to go and we know that if we see dogs they'll be at a distance so that we can kind of avoid them so that's been really helpful um because I yeah before we used to have like at least like I don't know like seven reactions per day kind of thing you know which like when you think about training and stuff like no improvement was happening ever <laughs> you know because, <laughs> because she was, she was constantly always... trigger stacked right she was constantly trigger stacked okay so did you utilize the support of medication not at first so we went to a holistic vet at the time and they had us try a bunch of natural things like ashwagandha and then we tried cbd uh, but i think miss penny just has um like she just straight up, like I just think of it like she has an anxiety disorder straight oh, up. 100%. And so like maybe CBD and ashwagandha could have helped a little bit, but they weren't going to get her brain where it needs to be for her to kind of have a little bit more peace. So we didn't until we moved here in January. So just in January, we started giving her, um, she started taking fluoxetine. So she's on fluoxetine now. Right, right. So now that the system, the medicine is like built up in her system, do you want to just kind of speak to like the change in environment and now meds on board, like where she was at before you started Reactive Redefined? Yeah, I think we were at a, an okay place of like, okay, we know how to manage um, her reactions and we know how to kind of like avoid her triggers basically. Right. But we don't know how to, I I just didn't know how to take the next step. Like I saw on Instagram, so many people talking about like, you know, like parallel walks or like kind of introducing them Penny to other dogs or kind of like, like lots of other people with reactive dogs had their dogs had dog friends. And, and it kind of makes sense to like have positive experiences with the scary thing would lead to those things not being as scary in the future and I just didn't know how to get there and so I felt like we were a little bit I don't want to use the word stuck but we were kind of like it felt like we were a bit confined to what we knew right so I remember listening to your um one of your podcast episodes and someone talking about how you help them get to that next step and that really resonated with me because I just I want I really wanted Penny's world to be bigger and I still want her world to be bigger. Like, I don't want it to just be my partner, Cashew and I, um, we love her so much, but I think she can enjoy the world more and not be so terrified of everything and everyone. And, you know, management is great, but it's not gonna, um, you know, it's not going to make her reactivity better really it's just going to help us manage it well, um, and we're finally at a place where like you had the meds on board she wasn't getting triggered like every single time you went out so it's like she was actually like in the mental space 
to be able to like, take like some things to the next level. Right. Like, yeah. And not always having to be avoid at all costs. Yeah. And actually I had had two experiences. So with our previous trainer, we went on a parallel walk. Um, she has, um, Dashund. I never know how to pronounce it. A wiener dog. And we went for a parallel walk with her wiener dog. Um, and Penny did all right. And so I was like, cool, but we're not going to be living in the same place. And so I was kind of, you know, trying to figure out. And so I, I had been looking at seeing reactive redefined for a while. And so I wanted to do it, but also we had an experience with another small dog in the, in Kelowna where we used to live, where the owner, he was kind of an interesting character but he had another chihuahua and he basically came up to us and was like just let her do her thing I'm okay with it let's see what happens with my dog and I was like I was too nervous in that moment to say anything it was this huge dude and then she kind of barked at his dog and then did a play bell and they started playing and so that kind of also made me realize that maybe she can actually have friends (laughs) right and right. so that's something that I wanted to explore with you because yeah, if she can have friends and if she, we, with my roommates workers too, she in the beginning was terrified of them. And then at the end adored them. So I was like, I know that she can get used to people and love people, right? but, but like, I have no idea how to get there. To replicate, to expedite this process, right? Without it being an absolute gong show which it was at first with her reacting being terrified and us being stressed like it's not ideal for anyone if you know for those things because of circumstances we stumbled upon those things but I wanted a recipe exactly and that's that's what reactive redefine did for us (laughs) it's the it's my favorite oh my gosh and like all the subtle details it's like the best equation that I can help like formulate for you it is the best well and like okay so I want to circle back to the dog friends thing because I know that a lot of people are listening and I know that like the dog dog dynamic can be really stressful and overwhelming but I want to just emphasize that the enrichment that dogs get from playing with another dog that they feel comfortable and safe around is so worth the work, right? Like it's worth the time and energy. And like, there's a small fraction of dogs in the dog population who don't want dog friends. That's fine. But overwhelmingly, most dogs thrive with more dog interactions, right? And like, I think that that really circles back to you wanting to like expand her world and we can, right? So, okay. So let's talk a little bit more. Okay. So that's how you find, found reactive redefined was podcast. And you're like, okay, we're ready to take things to the next step. Yes. Yes. Okay. So when you first joined reactive redefined, we had our one-on-one and we kind of talked about like changing some things that you were doing to kind of like take things to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. you want to just kind of share with everybody, like, some of the standouts of that first conversation about like changing things that maybe like hadn't really occurred to you yet? Yeah. So one of the things that I remember our first conversation, one of the things that I ended up talking the most about, which I hadn't expected is Penelope's ball obsession. And I don't use the word obsession lightly um, (laughs) because I do like, I actually think that she had obsessive and compulsive tendencies with her ball and it really is unhealthy, right? Like, yes, not like she just loves to play with the ball. It's like, no, she loses herself in the fact that there is a ball around. Yeah. And we've actually since then 
stopped playing with the ball. Um, but that's beside, that's a whole different conversation. But at that point, I was really struggling because Penelope, we, so in our new place, we had just moved, um, there was a big field. And so we took her there to play with the ball. And so every time we walked outside, Penelope thought that we were going to that park to play with her ball. And that created tension between us because she thought like every time she wanted to go one way and I, you know, if I let her go that way, she'd kind of be frustrated because the ball wouldn't be there and we wouldn't be like going into the field. And, you know, and, and I tried going into the field sometimes, but um, it didn't work out if the ball wasn't there. She's, it, it just created frustration. And I noticed that she was reacting more to people and dogs and just noises and things that, you know, typically she, she was doing better around. And I think it was around that frustration and that kind of like thing in our, that riff in our relationship that was developing because she was desperate to do something. And I was like, nope, especially when I was trying to walk her before work, for instance, and it took forever to try to convince her to, you know, just do her business because we don't have a yard to just like pee and poop so that you know, I could come home and go to work. So the biggest thing that you talked about is really establishing a routine before that. And then I showed you, um, I, you asked me to show you what I was already doing. And so you helped me kind of build a routine around that and a very specific routine around what way we walked when we went to the park to play with the ball and just kind of getting her to understand that sometimes we walk and sometimes we don't and sometimes we go play with the ball and that was actually really helpful like I know it might sound small to listeners out there but but for us it was huge because we were kind of having like non-verbal fights Penelope and I where she was so desperate to go one way and or so desperate to to play with her ball and that wasn't the case every time and so you kind of recommended that um I try to like anticipate where she's going to want to go and maybe like leave through a different entrance or, you know, turn a specific way. Um, and actually now we're at the point where she doesn't even, she's not fussed at all. She just likes to walk and sniff, but it took a lot of, so for one of the things, for example, that you recommended that I do and that we talked about is I wear a very specific fanny pack where I put the ball and things. So she knows that when I put on that fanny pack, we're going to go play with the ball. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that was really helpful from our initial conversation. And then also, sorry, the whole ball thing. Another thing we talked about was, um, people coming over specifically my family, um, because we had just moved closer to my family. And so I really wanted Penelope to love my family. That was really important. That is really important to me. And so you recommended me specifically looking at the password game and touch. Um, And so, yeah, using touch in that context. And we, our previous trainer had taught us how to do touch, but you taught us, you kind of walked through doing it as a game to do with other people and how to practice it from week to week to do it with other people so that she knows to go to other people and then come back to me. And she's actually gotten really good at that. Um, And then the last thing from that initial conversation was the look at that, um, which I hadn't really, I had seen around a lot (laughs) in, in the reactive dog parent social media world, but I didn't really understand it. And actually today I was talking to my partner about this. We went for a walk 
And I was talking to my partner because we were, he was walking cashew with me and people were in the distance and she would look at them. I didn't even say look at that because I was busy and she'd just look at me by her all by herself because she's used to it now, which was oh so God. nice. She didn't react to a single person today, um, which was amazing because as you can remember in the beginning of the course, she lost her marbles at quite a few people. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So I want to circle back to the ball because I think that everyone listening, the reason that our one-on-one couching is so valuable is because when I understand all of the subtle details and nuance of your life and the dog, I can make a very informed, I want you to do exactly this because I've taken into consideration all of the information you've given me. And Penelope is such a great example of that, right? Because I don't think that the average person understands like the level of intensity and obsessiveness we are talking about when it comes to her and the ball, right? Like it is so much more extraordinary than I think people give it credit for. And that's why, like, I knew that you gave me very good information. I saw the behavior and I was like, cool, this is the detail. This is what we know. We have to be like black and white consistent because of who she is and how intense the obsession is. Right. So like, I think that that's, what's so cool about like, Obviously, we bring you together with other people and there's like a basic skill set and core skill set, but we take into consideration all of the nuance, right? That is her and your life and your particular particular situation. So totally. I'm so glad that that I was able just to like give you like, this is exactly what we're going to do to convey to her what's happening or what isn't happening. Because mm-hmm. yeah, the friction sucks. Like there's nothing worse than being attached <laughs> to a dog who just like has completely opposite intentions of what you want to do. Like why is this happening? (laughs) I also really liked that you like your approach of you kind of met us where we were at. So I didn't feel like you were asking me to do something that felt not doable. Does that make sense? Because had you come out in that moment and been like, it sounds like this, she's like next level obsessed and you should probably stop playing with the ball in that moment. I think I would have been like, I can't, I'm not, no, (laughs) you know, but you kind of we talked about it in a way that felt really doable and same with learning these skills. And so that, that was really helpful. And also with the course, there's so much content that it was really nice for you to kind of like be like, focus on this right now, you know, because of course, you know, at down the line, I'm sure we'll, we'll check, we'll kind of engage with different content content based on what we're needing. But in that moment, um, it was perfect to be like, okay, I'm going to work on these. Initially for me, it was like the touch and the password. Those were like the two first things. I was like, I'm going to work on these two things this week, you know, and that made it really doable as well. Well, yeah, exactly. Because like, you know, great. We know everything about reactivity, but you need, you don't need to know everything I know in the first 45 minutes that I talked to you, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> We're very strategic about like really giving you things that you can do right away that you're going to see like pretty immediate results with. And then we can build on that. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about her reactivity to your family. So Mm -hmm. basically up until recently, she had struggled to settle really at all. Anytime you had family gatherings. Yes. Yeah. Never. And that was even after we gave her, like, um, we gave her trazodone. So the tricky thing, because I feel like it, now we, we're at a different place where, you know, we can just leave her home sometimes. But when we first moved, we weren't going to leave her in a new place all by herself because Cashew can't because he's scared. <laughs> and so, for instance, for Christmas, um, we brought her to the Christmas gathering and they did not settle at all at any point. 
And the whole time, my attention, my family makes fun of me. And they're like, all Lucia does is worry about her dogs. Um, Because I was just, my, and my mom actually said to me before Christmas, like, oh, well, let's not focus on our pets because it's Christmas time. But I was so stressed about Penny that I was so focused on her the whole time and on her not being super stressed. Um, And that was something that was really, really amazing. A couple of weeks ago, my mom, my dad, and my sister came over and Penny actually like fell asleep on on our like coffee table right in front of both my parents. I mean, just so hugely significant as an Mm -hmm. indicator of her progress. Yeah. Right. That like she's comfortable enough to even just sleep, which is huge. Yeah. That was wild. I, uh, it was, and that the, the key thing with that visit too, was that not only did she fall asleep, but it was the first time that I could actually spend time with my family without being constantly at Penelope's side, shoving treats in her mouth. (laughs) Okay. Seriously. I can relate to that so much. I remember when Waylon was like, he was maybe like nine months old. I was at my mother-in-law's house. Shout out to Cindy. Um, and we were like all like supposed to have a meal for someone's birthday. And I just broke down crying at the table because Waylon was just being insane. He would not settle down. Like it's so hard to feel like you're robbed of like those really meaningful connections you want with your family because the dog is so distracting. So like, I'm so glad for both of you, right. That she can settle and that like you can be available. Like you literally can be present and like enjoy that interaction with your family instead of being so hyper-focused on what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was key, I think. And I'm, and, and, you know, I think I also am trying to like, I think prior to my parents coming over at that time, I had also made a bit more of an effort to practice those skills so Penelope specifically had beef with my one of my sisters and with my dad um and she was kind of like she was more used to my mom now she loves my mom my mom has dogs at them a few times and uh she she loves her now but at that in the beginning she wasn't also super comfortable with my mom um so it was really good to to have something to ask my sister to do when she sees Penelope because my sister would also get scared when Penelope would come up to her or Penelope would bark at her um she'd get scared so it was helpful to have something to be like okay can you do this and it's so easy to just do the password game um yeah it's like you know, I think that obviously, you know, Steph and I are dog trainers, but ultimately we are also people coaches. Right. And I, and I love that element of like being able to systematically not only change her Penelope's behavior and associations, but giving that gift to someone else, your sister who does genuinely like want to, you know, make friends with her, but yeah, Mm -hmm. no, it is very intimidating. Like, yeah, she is little, but she is mighty. Right. Like I I can totally understand like how that would cause someone to like back off and be like, wait a minute, what's going on? Yeah. When Penelope is mad, she is mad. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. That's, that's so amazing. I'm so glad to hear that you're, you're making such nice progress there. Okay. So um, do you want to share a little bit about like um, some of your favorite parts of the the group calls? Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I love um, it's so nice to just talk to people that actually understand what you're experiencing. And 
it's nice to have not only that validation, but also have those like experiences of collective wins. Like when we watch each other's videos, I remember one specific person, their dog did an amazing engage, disengage. Um, and everyone was like in the, in the chat being like, oh my gosh, that's goals. And <laughs> Because it was incredible. Um, and having that experience of like collectively celebrating things or when, you know, another person uh, in the class had like an encounter with a dog that was really rough for their for them and their dog. Um, and having that kind of collective like, oh, frustration and just going through that together is really nice. Um, yeah. And just having yes. people that you can kind of like celebrate those wins with week, week to week and also those kind of more challenging pieces. And it's just, I love the group calls. Like every week I look forward to them. They're just so warm and supportive. And like, Mm -hmm. we definitely focused on wins, but I also feel like we've created a space where like, you can also be real about like, this is not going well. Right. Like, and I think that that's important for all of us, right? Like we do want to celebrate the wins, but we also have to acknowledge that like, not everything is a win and that's fine, but what else can we do? Right. Like it's not complaining. It's like understanding that something is challenging, but also like, okay, so let's try this, this, and this and see if that makes it easier. Yeah. And I think sometimes like having the space to voice that you're frustrated with your dog is really healthy because otherwise you kind of like bottle that up and maybe that can, you know, because having a reactive dog, it's kind of, um, life-consuming in a way sometimes and so uh being able to kind of voice that and be around people that are also around the same um going through the same thing and also like getting to talk about Penelope and our training which is one of my favorite things to talk about because it takes so much of my like waking time and energy and thought process because I I love it and I love kind of you know celebrating those that progress so having the space to talk about that too is so nice (laughs) It is right. Because like, yeah, I love what you're saying about like the reactivity, like being so time consuming because it really is. And I think that like, without having like a community and that support system, like I see a lot of people just start to resent their dogs and they can't move past the resentment to see the solution. Right. And that's totally human, right. To be frustrated and be like, why can't you just be normal? But like that resentment is not helpful for anyone. Right. Like it's just making things worse. So like having this safe space to like, be like, I'm frustrated, but I also love her and we're going to keep doing everything we can. Like it Mm -hmm. is, it's, it's so valuable just to have that. Like, and you know, I like to consider myself like the cheerleader, you know what I mean? And like, I think that sometimes you just need someone to recognize, like, she saw a person today and did not bark. And I, I know that, you know, how big that is. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> right. Like, it's just, it's so hard to explain to like the outside world who doesn't get it, like how significant, and especially for a dog like her, right. Who has mm-hmm. just come so far in her short time with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, because what has she been with you for a year now? Yeah. A year what a year it has been. Oh, it's, yeah, it's been amazing. Um, she, yeah, she's grown incredibly and just how, like up until four months ago, she still got scared at parchment paper noises, at like the food processor, aluminum foil, paper crinkling, like a bunch of those noises, the can opener, um, like she just anything remotely 
scary or unfamiliar, she'd be terrified. But the meds have really helped with that. And you told me that in the beginning, because our first meeting was, I think, like the week that she was starting meds or the week before she was starting meds. And you told me that those things should chill out with um, with the meds. And I was like, really? I don't know, Rachel. Like, maybe I need to do actual training. But but it, it's true. It has actually gotten a lot better for her. Her brain was just fried, right? Like, she needed that help so that, like, she could think normally, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of like that super intense, like thoughts that she was constantly getting stuck in. So my God, I'm so proud of both of you. You have kicked ass. It has been such a joy to get to know both of you. Okay. So if you had to give the reactive dogs, reactive dog guardians listening, one piece of advice about their reactive dog, what would you tell them? Ooh, that's a hard question. But I think one of the biggest things that has helped me is to accept Penelope for who she is and to not expect her to be who she's not. Because if there's one thing that I can say about Penelope is that she knows who she is, she owns who she is, and she doesn't apologize for it. She's an excellent communicator. So all I had to do really is understand how to listen and how to communicate with her better. But I think, like, I think some of the things that I felt guilty about initially, for example, is um, not taking her to family gatherings. Like now, sometimes I don't take her and she's so much happier at home or like not feeling pressure to have her, um, you know, be the dog that's playing with all the dogs at the dog park. You know, like the minute I accepted who she was and then was like, okay, how are we going to make her world a little bit bigger rather than how am I going to get her to fit into this world and this idea that I have of what she should be like? And it took me such a long time to get there, um, particularly with the barking, because, you know, like we're just conditioned to think that like barky dogs are not good dogs or they're annoying or they're whatever. And but when she's barking, she's always barking for a reason. And so, yeah, so it's more about like, how am I going to try to figure out what she's trying to tell me? Because she's a really good communicator. So anyway, yeah, just, I guess, in not as many words, just, um, you know, try to figure out and learn who your dog is, and accept them for who they are, rather than trying to make them be who society tells us our dogs should be. I seriously am like tearing up. That was so beautiful. That's like, I think to date, that's the best advice I heard. That was really good. All right, everyone internalize that because it is the truth. Okay. So Lucia, if listeners wanted to connect with you, um, do you want to share your Instagram? Yeah. Um, it's little dogs hike a lot. In the beginning, it was a hiking Instagram and now it's not, but I'm keeping it. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. Okay. And then everyone can see beautiful pictures of Penelope and then they can see what Cassie looks like. Thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.